This is High Motor by BetMGM, and this is the Big 12 preview episode of High Motor by BetMGM. Andrew Dowdy and Chase Kitty here. This is episode number four, I believe. Yes, we did ACC, we did Big 10, we did Pac-12. This is episode number four, previewing the P5. And I want to start with this, a question for you. Like, it's, it's in the context of betting, but it's more of a general Big 12 question because I think it's a really interesting question. Right now, for Big 12 championship odds, Oklahoma minus 175 to win the Big 12. Iowa State plus 275, and then you drop down Texas plus 900. Oklahoma State plus 1,200, and everybody else way down there. So the book is putting a massive gap between Oklahoma, Iowa State, and everybody else. Again, Iowa State plus 275 drops all the way down to Texas at plus 900. I agree with the gap, but I want to ask you, is it really going to be that simple in the Big 12? Like, is it really going to be, I don't know, 9-0 Oklahoma versus 8-1 Iowa State in the Big 12 championship while everybody else is 6-3, 5-4, 4-5, Because, like, the top tier, the top tier, I guess, of all college football conferences are historically, like, fairly easy to predict. And this is the same question you asked me when we brought up the Georgia-Clemson line, if I remember correctly, because I said that Clemson minus three just seemed too light, and that was an easy bet for me. You asked me if it seemed like it was too easy of, an, of a bet. I said yes. You said, don't you think the book knows that I see it as an easy bet? And this is similar for me. This feels too easy to just say that those two teams are way above and beyond everybody else in the conference. Is it actually going to play out that way? Is it just too easy? It's going to be Oklahoma and Iowa State, and nobody else is even there. Uh, I I do see the conferences that this year. Yeah, I I I think that there are some nuances when you're talking about a single game like Clemson versus Georgia, where there are I would say a wide variety of things that can happen, versus a Big Twelve conference where it seems like there are two teams that for the 2021 season are going to be uh, noticeably better uh, than everybody else. And in a round robin format like the Big 12 has, I think you have uh, very little margin for error over the course of the season because I think everything's going to play itself out that way. So I I do think uh, we're going to have Oklahoma versus Iowa State in the Big 12 championship. Uh, I don't see a lot of other contenders I'm sure that there will be some sort of hype around Texas because every year there is some sort of hype around Texas. I don't see that this year. Uh, I don't see other contenders. Like last last year, I was a big buyer uh, into Oklahoma State. I don't see that for them this year. I don't. I, I know there's been some some sort of uh, like looking at B level contenders. Some people really like TCU. I think some people. Kind of like West Virginia this year. I don't see it really with either one of those teams in terms of jumping up to compete for a conference championship. I think they could be good. I don't think they're going to be eight and one, seven and two, kind of good. So yeah, I really do think it's that easy. I think it's going to be Iowa State, Oklahoma, and the championship. Yeah, I generally agree with you. And the reason I asked you again is I just want to make sure that I hadn't seen the gap there. Like I knew the Oklahoma and Iowa State were at the top. We had Oklahoma minus one seventy five. Iowa State plus 275, and I am fine with that gap. And even if I hadn't seen that, I would probably, if I were explaining, like, what is the landscape of the Big 12 right now, that's how I would articulate how I'm seeing it, even without seeing those odds. So I just wanted to get your take. Like, am I just, 
Are we oversimplifying this? Do you agree with the book? But anyways, do you like any of these odds? So again, Oklahoma minus 175, Iowa State plus 275, Texas 900, Oklahoma State 1200, TCU 1400, your boys West Virginia 2500, K-State 4000, Baylor 5000, Texas Tech 6600, and then Kansas is at 25,000. Do you like any of these odds? Well, I like Iowa State from both a handicapping perspective and a pure football perspective. So I think when I look at them, I'm sure we'll break down their individual wins numbers a little bit later. But when I look at them, I see a conference contender. I think they can win. I like how the schedule shakes out. But I'm surprised that the number with Iowa State and Oklahoma, I'm surprised they're as close as they are. Uh, and, and I get that they're not like right next to each other. It's This isn't like a minus 150, minus 180 situation. Iowa State is a longer shot to win the conference. But when you consider how dominant Oklahoma has been, in terms of the marketplace, I would expect to see Oklahoma as a heavy, heavy, heavy favorite here. And instead, you have Iowa State who has had a nice you know, 2020 season as prologue to this year, but they're still a non-traditional power. This is not like some public team we're talking about. This is a non-traditional power that we know is going to field a good team, has a good head coach. I would expect there to be a little bit more of a gap there. So the fact that that number is as relatively close as it is given the circumstances makes me like Iowa State even more than I would normally just looking at all of the things that they bring back from last year and knowing that they have a really good coach as well. Is it because people really want Iowa State to, and these numbers I should have checked to see if they moved be even before the Oklahoma-Texas SEC stuff was announced and then throughout that whatever 10-day process and then now. So I should have gone back and looked to see what these numbers actually did, but is it a function of people just want Iowa State to be better? Is it a function of, I mean, this isn't like an Iowa State team where they have a bunch of average players. They have so many high-end players on this team. They have so many guys that will be on preseason, uh, preseason first team All Big 12. They have some preseason All-Americans. Like, they have a lot of very visible players. Matt Campbell is obviously a very visible head coach. Is it like, how do we explain this? Is it Iowa State is still overrated we mentioned that in the last episode i believe and then that was something you brought up last summer like is it still that we're giving iowa state not necessarily you and i are giving iowa state too much credit like where do you put this as to why this number is at 275 and that gap is not that big uh i look at it as a team that was good last year that was you know what was 20 yards away from winning the big 12 championship 88% 88% of their returning production. Brock Purdy is back. They have a, a high-level coach. They have a very navigable schedule. They get uh, they, they they get to play an Iowa team at home earlier in the season. That's obviously not a conference game, but I do think that'll be sort of a, a, a high-profile game that can give them some boost publicly and then also internally going into the conference schedule. And then they, they have a lot of easy games early where they could sort of firm things up. I think at Baylor is a very winnable home opener. Kansas at home, by at Kansas State, Oklahoma State at home. That's the first half of their conference schedule. I don't see a loss there. Now, you've got some more challenging ones later in the season. Obviously, at Oklahoma is the big one that people are going to talk about. I think in Morgantown could be tricky. I think they probably win that game, but that, that's a, that'll be a tougher road game 
they get Texas at home, they get TCU at home, and they go to Lubbock. So I don't see a lot of losses there. I, I think 10-2 and two is probably the is a conservative estimate for them. I would not be surprised if they are 11-1. and one. You know where I do see a lot of losses, though? Kansas, the number here is one and a half, which I believe is the lowest number in P5. Now I'm blanking. Arizona wasn't one and a half, were they? Arizona was two and a half, I believe. They were two and a half. So th- I think this is the lowest number in P5. There might not even be anybody at two. So Kansas is at one and a half. They're going to go under on this, and I'm not even convinced they're going to beat South Dakota. And you've alluded in the last couple of episodes, I think they're in the ACC episode, how bad you think Duke is going to be. Kansas goes to Duke. That's week four. So really briefly, Kansas opens with South Dakota at home, at Coastal Carolina, Baylor at home, at Duke, uh, and then a lot of teams that they really have no shot against at Iowa State, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, etc. You kind of hinted that you're going to disagree with me on this one. Yes. I would love to hear that argument why Kansas is... If you're saying Kansas is going to go 2-10 and this year, I assume you're giving them the South Dakota game. I don't know what other game you're giving them, but if you're giving them another game, you're suggesting that Kansas is going to be competent this year. I would love to hear that argument. I think they can go 2-10. and uh, I, I am not worried about them beating South Dakota. South Dakota is a very winnable FCS game. Not very good. Haven't been good for basically since Chris Streveler left for the CFL, and I think he was with the Arizona Cardinals for about five seconds. Um, Coastal Carolina, that's a loss, but Baylor at Duke, Texas Tech at home, I think they could get one of those. They get a rivalry game against Kansas State at home. I think they could get one of these games. One. Because all if you beat South Dakota, all you got to do is get one. I'm not telling you I'm going to take the over on the one and a half. I'm saying if if we're playing a game where I have to pick every single number, I would go over here. I don't know if there's any other argument for me than this team is so bad. Like there's not one they're worst at every single position group in the Big Twelve. There's not one thing you can point to on this team. Maybe it was like Karan Prunty before he announced he was gonna transfer. He was probably their best player at cornerback young. But there's nothing on this team that you can point to. And this is coming from somebody who loved the Lance Leipold higher. I think that it's like a five-year plan for him, and they're going to finally just take their time with this. Kind of what David Beatty did. He just wasn't given enough time. They're going to strip this thing down farther than it already is, and they might be okay five years from now. But I, I just don't see the talent argument of them being competitive against a Baylor team, against what, what, Duke. What a sentence. They might be okay five years from now. <laughs> Well, isn't that what we said? I think it was, I don't even know what episode that was, where you said, what's like an expectation five years from now? And I said six, like a six-win season is the expectation five years from now. Maybe if we're lucky five years from now, we could go to the Meineke Car Care Bowl. Maybe. It would be their first six-win season since, do you know? 2008? 2008. So we're, we're saying that 2027... 19 years. So college freshmen at Kansas, they would not have been born the last time that Kansas was in a bowl game. What? I think you're doing your math wrong there, dude. No, I don't think I am. Oh, oh, five years, five years from now. No, I think they would have been one. Well, right. Or (laughs) sure that sure. Your, uh, your point is not lost there. That would be pretty bad. Anyways, Kansas under one and a half. I feel pretty good about that. Where would you like to go now? 
Uh, you want to talk about your Longhorns? Not really. I kind of miss Tom Herman because it was just easy weekly content for me. I don't like that I like the Steve Sarkeesian hire. I wish I didn't like it because I would have more fun with it. I had a good time with Tom Herman the last four years. I miss him. I also liked the Sarkeesian hire, and I was a little bit higher before he got hired. I was a little bit higher on somebody taking Sark than you were, if I recall. But I placed my very first bet, a straight bet single game of the 2021 college football season today, and I took Louisiana plus nine and a half. (laughs) So... Oh my god. That's where I'm at. And I gotta tell you, I think they might win outright. They might go back to back on scalping Big 12 games in the opener. I listed that game as one of the best. I did like a top ten novelty games for the for the college football season, and I put that one in there. I think it was like number six or number seven. The main reason being, like when was the last time Louisiana is a better team? Do you agree with me on that? Yes. Like they're just a better team than Texas. Correct. Yes. When was the last time that a Sun Belt team went into a road game against a competent, not like a good, I don't even know if Texas is good, but I think that Texas will be at the back end of the preseason top 25. Do you agree with that? Uh, just on name alone, sure. Yeah. They're, they're yeah, yeah. just lock them in for 19, right? I mean, I think they'll be like 22, 23. And I, I, even though I think that's overrated, I wouldn't put him like that much lower. Like I think Texas is a top thirty-five-ish team, but Louisiana is know. better than them. Oh like, yeah, Louisiana is better. We definitely. When was agree the on last that. time that you had a Sun Belt team or even a, a historically lower-level G five team go to a top five? If you want to drop to like top forty, that's fine. I think I know go, the answer. Go to a top forty team as the better team. Because Ooh, I went as back the and better I could, team, mm. right? Like they went into that game as the better team. So and I not like not Louisiana last year then, because we no. don't think Louisiana was better than Iowa State last year. We understand they won the game. That's exactly all, my point. Ultimately, which team was better? We think Iowa State was probably better. Right? Do you? I mean, I I, I couldn't find one. I think this is probably hard to just do off the top of your head because I had mentioned like when Troy went to uh, LSU, they didn't enter that game as the better team, right? Uh, how about, like, how about, uh, I mean, this is the first one that comes to mind. Boise State beating Virginia Tech in 2010. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I specifically used like the example of a Sun Belt team. So I don't, I wasn't like looking at that. I was more looking at when Troy beat LSU, when Ooh, Louisiana yeah, Monroe beat Arkansas. Like those teams didn't enter that game as the better team. If you want to, you know, widen it out. I'm sure to... App State probably beat somebody they were better than five years ago, six years ago. But, like, a good team. I'm not just saying, like, Coastal Carolina going to Kansas because Kansas sucked. I'm talking about, like, a a decent P5 team, and they went there as the better team. That's why I think this game is so unique because we we don't get this in college football. Regardless of your opinion of Texas or Louisiana, we just don't get a game like this in college football. It'll definitely be unusual. I I mean, I think, obviously, Louisiana with with Napier has has a good coach. I think... They the roster that they bring back top five in all FBS in terms of returning production. It's a very good team. We know it's a good team. We know they can go on the road and beat a power five team from the Big 12. So there's a lot to like there. And then when you consider the fact to circle back to the beginning of this, 
that they are a nine and a half point underdog. You gotta like that. You gotta like the fact if we can get back into college football betting mode and, and evaluating numbers and remembering what those numbers mean. When you're looking at nine and a half, that's that trap number that I like to talk about. The six and a half, the nine and a half, the sixteen and a half, the thirteen and a half, the two and a half, where your brain is kind of saying, Oh, hey, that's under ten, and I know ten is a key number for football. So, you know, lots of games are decided by ten points. I'm I'm getting in under that. Let's roll with Texas. And it's kind of it's kind of a trick where Actually, nine and a half is probably too many points, but your brain sees that and goes, ooh, I'm getting value. So I, I like the idea of Louisiana plus nine and a half. I'm not going to rule out sprinkling in a little more on top of Louisiana mm. to win outright on the money line. And while we're on the subject, maybe let's talk about Texas's win total here. Under eight, minus 125, over eight, plus 105. How do you feel about this? Because obviously with the Big 12 round-robin schedule... You're talking about a nine-game conference schedule, and then who do they have for non-conference? Obviously, they have Louisiana because we've been talking about that game for five minutes now. They also have at Arkansas and Rice. So the number is eight. How do you feel about that? I was hoping you'd go there with this after I heard that that's the the first bet you play. I mean, it's, it, ultimately, it's a stay away from me because I just don't know what's going on inside that program. I don't know how much Sark is tearing down, how much they – I mean, there's – like there's enough talent there to win right now. Like they, they have the talent of a nine win team and they've had that talent of a nine, 10, 11 win team for most of the last 25 ish years. They just haven't met it with the exception of a couple of seasons or Mac Brown. If I think they're going to lose to Louisiana, I think that at Arkansas is probably a toss up game. And I think they do beat rice because I think they're going to lose to Louisiana and at Arkansas is a toss up game. I don't know how they get to eight but I still don't feel comfortable taking this number because let's say, for example, they do lose to Louisiana, but they win at Arkansas. They beat Rice. They have Arkansas Rice. They beat Texas Tech. That's three. Let's say they win at TCU four, win at Baylor five, Kansas six, Kansas State seven. I don't know where you get to nine here. Yeah, just just to sort of wrap that up a little tighter uh, in a way that's that's easier to understand numerically. If they go two and one in the non-conference, Texas has to go seven and two in Big Twelve play to hit the over. When was the last time they went seven and two in Big Twelve play? Ah, were they yeah, last year? They Six and three. I mean, it's that feels like a lot of wins. You're you're working probably with Casey Thompson now as quarterback. They haven't named a starter, but I, I I'm imagining that Casey Thompson is going to be the starting quarterback. I feel like the under is a decent play, and, and I I don't know that I'm going to take it because I'm already kind of loaded up on Louisiana so that that feels like I'm I'm sort of going double or nothing in the same area of the pool and I don't necessarily feel like I need to do that but if I'm betting this I think the under is the play I kind of marked off what I think they're going to do when I was going through all these teams look at all the schedules and, and and all the numbers and everything I could see a six and six season for Texas this year. I think that could be about where they live. Six and six, seven and five. So either way, uh, I don't see them going over eight. You want to talk Oklahoma? Yeah, because I'm I'm interested to hear where you are because I, I already know what your overall position is here. So I'm interested to hear you talk it out. And we've I think we've brought up these numbers. The Pac-12 didn't have a number like this, but the ACC was Clemson, 
they were either 11 or 11 and a half. And then Ohio State was either 11 or 11 and a half, right? Yes. So we've brought up these numbers and generally your position has been like, do you really want to bet against Ohio State? Do you really want to bet against Clemson? But also, do you want to bet on this team going like undefeated, especially with everything that Clemson has lost, everything that Ohio State has lost? I agree with like that in principle with Oklahoma. That being said, I don't know how Oklahoma goes 10-2 and with this schedule. They get Iowa State at home, and then the rest of the schedule, I don't... I almost, like, don't even care about it because they're not losing in non-conference. Tulane, Western Carolina, Nebraska. They get Texas, obviously, at the Cotton Bowl. I don't know, like, where I'm worried about a loss here. At Oklahoma State, at Baylor, Texas Tech at home, TCU at home, West Virginia at home, at Kansas State... And I don't want to play for a push, but if you're giving me that option, maybe I don't put as much on this, knowing that a push is highly possible. There's still a much greater chance for 12 and 0 than there is a 10 and 2. Therefore, I'm happy to let my money sit there, and I'll I wouldn't take it until I have to, knowing that a push is very possible, but also knowing that 10 and 2 is highly unlikely. If they were at Iowa State, I wouldn't take this number. Maybe maybe the number would be different though. So I'm going to take Oklahoma over 11. Uh, I think the problem with this is that 11 is the right number, and Oklahoma doesn't really have a history of going undefeated in the regular season, right? That doesn't usually happen. Uh, conference records going back through the last few years, 7-2 and in 2020, 8-1 and one in 2019, 8-1 uh, uh, looks like in 2018, 8-1 uh, in 2017, 9-0 oh was their last undefeated Big 12 uh, record in 2016. Great, so, so do. Well, I mean, I guess you can you can always make that argument. Sports betters will go to their grave betting on you know using the past to be predictive versus oh they're due. But it it feels to me like they they drop a game. They're one of these teams. They drop a game somewhere. I don't know if it's going to be at Kansas State again. Maybe they lose at home to Iowa State. Maybe they just have a weird one that's completely unpredictable. They lose to a team they're better than. It does happen. Uh, this this would be. I guess I would lean under here just because of, you know, the, the the graduation losses and everything. But it would be really hard to be holding an under ticket and waiting for Oklahoma to lose two games. I just, on principle, I don't want to bet on them to go undefeated and go 12-0. It just doesn't feel like that's something that would happen. But, I mean, this is the right number. They, they, this is set at 11 for a reason. It is the absolute right number. I don't see a lot of value here in trying to take the side. So, really... You're just playing the, the the fool's game and trying to be right here at this number. And I don't see a lot of value in that. If I have to bet it, I'm probably taking the under. But, I mean, this is just not something I feel like there's a lot of value in. I think they've they've sort of uh, put, pushed the marketplace out on this one, which is exactly what you want. Because on these big public popular teams, you don't want any exposure if you're the book. So I think they've played this right in terms of uh, the bookmaker's perspective. So to simplify this, we've already kind of talked about it, obviously, but you think Oklahoma has a better chance of going 10-2 and than they do 12-0. and So, I mean, yes. you think they're going to go undefeated in non-conference, right? I assume that. Yeah, I mean, if they dropped one of those three non-conference games, right. that would be surprising. Side note, I love that they're going to Tulane. I don't know what the financial agreement is there. I just love games like that, that they're willing to do that. I'm sure they got a nice deal. But anyway, so you're essentially saying there's a better chance they go 7-2 and than 9-0 in the Big 12, which I find highly surprising. Yeah, I, I, 
I mean, they went seven and two last year, and I think you could argue they had a better team last year. So I I, I would uh, I, I would I would tend toward the seven and two if I had to guess. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Where do you want to go? Uh, let's let's talk about some of these other teams. Um, I want to talk about West Virginia, and I want to talk about TCU, and I want to talk about Oklahoma State, which I think is is that second tier of teams we're looking at this year. Any those, of those are all state. Those are all stayaways for me. So where do you want to start? Uh, let's let's start with TCU then. If they're all stayaways from you, I guess I guess talk me through what you're seeing that makes you not want to stay away. You just think the numbers are too right on, or you don't have a feel for the teams, or what? So your 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 teams are West Virginia, TCU, and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Too much mediocrity, and I think not in a good way because we've seen mediocrity in the Big Twelve like. I mean, we talk so much about the depth of the Big 12 and how it's extremely underrated, kind of like the depth of the Pac-12. Because there's that gap there from Iowa State and Oklahoma down to whomever you think is the third best team, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Texas, whomever. I think mediocrity is too tough to predict. And I think last year, I don't know how much weight to put into like the Oklahoma State debacle, for example. I don't know what's going on with TCU. They feel like they're kind of just floating around, waiting for Gary Patterson to retire, waiting to become a team with an actual identity Mm. and take a shot. And actually, not that they're not trying to win 10 games or 11 games, but it feels like they're just kind of sitting there in mediocrity. And I have no interest in betting if a team is going to go like 6-6 and or 8-8. and I don't know if that's a fair position, if that's a reasonable position, but I don't want to bet on that because I don't feel comfortable doing so. I get that, and I think a lot of times, especially with teams that are sort of in that middle class, I mean, the difference between going eight and four and seven and five is so razor thin. I mean, it's it's one late turnover against a team that's equally kind of eh. So I, exactly. I I understand, and especially where you're with from. this schedule. I mean, we talk about Ron Robin all the time. I think that's just different. Like in in the Big Ten, for example, I mentioned Purdue. I think that they're a very mediocre team, and I'm going to take the under. I think the number was five or five and a half. I just think in other conferences, there are more variables in terms of the schedule. But the Big 12, yeah, you get home and away. I, I don't care about that that much because we've seen the advantage, the home field advantages just plummet in the last 10 years in college football and the NFL that there just aren't as many scheduling variables to push me one direction or the other. Sometimes three games can do it for me in non-conference, but I just don't want to bet on the mediocrity either side. I would say uh, starting with TCU here because they they have they're here at seven and a half and I think they have a good chance to to finish third in the league. I think they probably go three and zero non conference. You're talking about Duquesne automatic win. Duquesne's not going to compete with them. Uh, it's not an FCS team. You need to worry about beating you. Uh, Cal at home probably win. SMU. I get that it's the skillet game, but I think TCU probably wins that this year. And then you're talking about you need. You need to go four and five. Uh, my math's wrong. You need to go five and three in the Big Twelve. That feels like about what they can do. So five and th- five and four. I, five actually. and four. So, I, right. Wow, I totally lost my ability to do anything with numbers. Evidently, uh, five and four. That feels pretty doable for TCU. I mean, that feels about where they live. Five and four, six and three, four and five. Like kind of in that what you're talking about, Gary Patterson floating around waiting to retire place. I think TCU will be decent this year. Uh, I think they can win some of these games. They have a winning record against Texas, what, the last six or seven years. They get Texas at home. 
Uh, Texas Tech could be a win. West Virginia at home could be a win at Kansas State. Baylor, Kansas at home. There's a lot of winnable games in there. So I would I would not be surprised to see them go five and four, or six and three, and be you know like an eight and four, nine and three team that you're not really losing your mind about. Maybe even is in the top twenty five, but they also you know kind of comfortably hit that over. Oklahoma State, I'm less sure about. That's a stay away for me. I guess I should do my little three minute rant here on West Virginia since you know I tell people bet what you know. Obviously, that's a team that I know really well. I have been skeptical of them the last couple years. I've told people I, I think I would lean toward the under. I would go away from West Virginia the first couple years. I think I was right both times. I think this is probably an over year. But you've got to... Look, the, the history of West Virginia in the Big 12 has been very simple. When they have a quarterback, they're good. When they don't, they're not. And I think you could say that about a lot of teams. But specifically with them, they've been good at a lot of parts of the field. Like West Virginia, more often than not, has played a pretty good defense in this league. Uh, they have generally a pretty decent offensive line. They have good receivers. They have very good running backs. Arguably the best running back team, uh, best running back room in the Big 12. It's tough to win when you don't have a quarterback, and I just I don't believe in Daigie. Maybe he has something figured out this year. I don't know, but... It's really hard to watch them be so good at so many places on the field and just not have an answer at quarterback. We'll see what happens this year. I do think they have a pretty winnable schedule. I think they can beat Maryland. I think they can beat Virginia Tech. I think they can win at home a lot. I think they can beat up on you know Baylor and Kansas and Texas Tech and these teams at the bottom of the Big 12 that I don't think are going to be very good. I don't think you're going to see a team that's anywhere near competing for a Big 12 championship. But the number six and a half, and I do think they can go seven and five. Maybe if they get some breaks, go eight and four. I would look at the over for them, uh, but you know it's it's not going to be some great team, and you're probably going to be sweating out the end of some games with them. Let me try to push you more toward the over. I, again, this is a stay away from me. But if you're you sound pretty confident that they're going to beat Maryland, Virginia Tech, which means they're going three and zero oh in non-conference. Their total is what six and a half. So you have. To, you have to go four and five in conference play. Yeah, and I think they'll do that. But I mean, they could they could drop that Virginia Tech game. We haven't beaten Virginia Tech since I was in elementary school, uh, which makes me sad. <laughs> I think the last time we beat Virginia Tech was when I was living in Morgantown. It's been a while. So you're not. So I I misinterpreted. Well, no, your I conference I think we'll game. win, but I think that's more about how mediocre Virginia Tech has been, just as much as anything else. Like I, I think. Somebody has to win that game, and so I lean toward West Virginia because it's in Morgantown. But neither one of those teams impresses me very much. So I, I'm counting as it a win because I think they'll figure it out. If it was in Blacksburg, I'd probably pick Tech, you know? I only have one more question for you. It's not a betting-related. Do you have any betting-related questions or topics, I guess, for the Big 12? I think, I think the last thing I would say is five and a half for Baylor – seems like a high number and I'm leaning toward the under. I, I'm just I'm not I'm not buying in yet to what I've seen in Waco since uh since our boy went to the Panthers. So I lean toward the under there and then Iowa State actually feels actually I think we should talk about Iowa State for a minute. Because we haven't really talked about their number and nine and a half for this team feels low. Don't you think? Don't you think it should be ten? Well it feels low because like I said before, this isn't like a team that yeah they're all like 
you know, two and three star recruits, most of them. Like Iowa State has, they're recruiting at a higher level than they did before, but this is still not a team recruiting four and five star talent, yet they have all these high end Big 12 players. I think that if you like swapped out their name for Texas and you saw all of these guys that are going to be on preseason all American teams, you have one of the best running backs in the country, arguably the best running back in the country, a great offensive line. I don't think this number would be nine and a half, which is weird because we think, I think we generally agree that Iowa State is maybe a tiny bit overrated with the Big 12 odds. Is that correct? A little uh, bit? Maybe a tiny bit, but I think they're about right. But then we, I think this number is a little bit low too. I just, until I see Iowa State do this, it's kind of like, You've said this a long time, like until Shaka Smart actually wins, I'm going to have a hard time believing that he can actually win at Texas. Until I see Iowa State do this, I don't know if I can bet on it, but it just seems like to be weird, like conflicting numbers here. Like, why is this number not 10 then? Yeah, I, I don't I don't see the nine and a half. I, I see 10. I see them going three and zero in the non-conference with UNLV, Iowa and Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa has, like, no offense. Iowa State could kick a field goal in the first quarter of this game, not score the entire rest of the game, and win. Like, that's how bad Northern Iowa's offense is. Uh, they they could lose by 30 in Norman to Oklahoma, drop another game that they had no business losing, and still go 10-2 and two and hit the over. So I, I think the 9.5 is just the wrong number. And uh, I, I agree with your assessment. It feels like it doesn't match up with the the championship odds for the conference. What do you want to talk about I, outside? Well, of I game? don't I don't totally agree with that last part because like the Iowa game scares me uh, for a lot of reasons. One being a traditionally lower scoring rivalry game. I I don't care that it's an Ames versus Iowa City that generally hasn't really mattered in this rivalry. True. And because of how Iowa State has started, yeah, it's not the opener. I really like for Iowa State they get Northern Iowa, like you said, a week before. I think that's huge for this Iowa game, but that game terrifies me. Even though I think Iowa State is a far better team, I don't know what the number is. I, that's just a 50-50 game for me. So I think that they could lose. I mean, I think they are going to lose in Norman ultimately, and I think that asking them to run the table on the rest of the schedule is, is kind of a lot, knowing that there's an Iowa game that's a 50-50 for me. So even though I like Iowa State to go 10-2, and I'm not comfortable betting on it almost because of the Iowa game alone. You want to take a shot at what the point spread is for that uh, Cyhawk game? Iowa State four and a half. Iowa State eight and a half. <laughs> What's the total? Is that up? No, that's not up yet. I don't see one. Money line, Iowa State minus, what are we thinking, 280-ish? Probably in that, in that, yeah. Yeah. At eight and a half, yeah. You're, God, you're that number seems that number seems really high. Anyways, last not betting question for you. This is something I asked you entering last season regarding Neil Brown. I can't remember mm, the exact God. question, but where is Neil Brown coaching in twenty twenty three? So you're talking about that would be entering his fifth year in Morgantown if he was still there. It, yeah, because this is year three, right? Yeah, correct. The way he is recruiting, I would not be surprised if he his last season in Morgantown is next year, because it it feels like if they have a quarterback, if they get really if they get decent play, 
out of the quarterback, like average Big 12 play, it feels like they could go 10-2. and two. And at that yeah. point, yeah, I would be a little worried. That hurts a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do? That's the way of the world. No, You don't have little boys and little girls uh, that want to be coaches saying, I, I just hope one day I can coach in West Virginia, you know, unless they're from West Virginia. That's the way of the world. I'm, I mean, people might hear that and, and be upset that I said that, but, I mean, that's that's the truth. I'm from there. I get it. Well, that's like Aaron Rodgers saying last week or a week and a half ago or whatever that Green Bay is not exactly a vacation destination for free agents. Yeah. And like, it takes a little coercing to say, hey, come live in Green Bay for several months a year. And that, you can you can be from the Green Bay and be upset about that. But I don't know. I think there is usually an advantage to acknowledging what your deficits are and then trying to game plan around them versus pretending they don't exist. And, you know, usually when West Virginia has had good coaches, it's because they've been from West Virginia, not because we convinced somebody from outside of the state to come stay inside of the state for a really long time. God, I like Brown. He's good. He just feels like a guy that's going to win a national championship in the SEC one day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're back on Monday to wrap up the Power 5 previews. Only the SEC is left. That'll be Monday, August 9th. And then we'll go G5 preview, FCS preview, some more college football betting, including some notes for week one. We'll probably even get in some notes for week one ahead of that actual game week. Uh, and then during game weeks throughout the season, obviously, we'll be talking about those lines. But, yeah, we'll be back on Monday, August 9th. Thank you for dropping by. Thank you for listening to High Motor by BetMGM.